from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before thee. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from the blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. All right, that's good enough. There's a place where David spent seven days in prayer and weeping and travail. Several of his fellow men was wondering uh, what he was doing was the fact that after Nathan the prophet talked to him what he was doing he was he wasn't washed as he needed to be washed he wasn't cleansed the way that he needed to be cleansed some people are delivered as long as they just be around church people or around the church but down deep inside the secret sin is never removed how sad how sad. I want to spend some time tonight on repentance. And I want you to go to Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse number 12. Why does a person sin? Why, why do they have that problem? They become careless. You know, when you first learn to drive a car, you put both hands on the wheel. After a while, you'd slip one off. After a while, you maybe have two or three fingers on the wheel. You get careless. I remember my brother-in-law asked me one time to help him move. It was a thousand miles away from where we was at. I said, yeah, I'll help you. But I'd been up the night before working and I was very tired when I got in the truck to, to leave. The biggest U-Haul truck you could have, 26, I think 26 foot it was. And I did real good till I got about 900 miles away from home. I fell asleep at the wheel. All I could see when I woke up leaving the road was that big old piano right behind me. It was going to be on top of my head if I didn't do something. I got careless. It was the yawning. 
It was the uh, sleepiness. And all of a sudden, well, my eyes shut. Nobody aims to backslide. But little things, little foxes, the Bible tells us, spoil the vine. Hebrews. Book, book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse number 12. What you read? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to divide and asunder of soul and spirit. You see, when the word of God goes forth, it cuts. Nathan the prophet stood before David, and he was expecting some great tidings. He said he talked about the ewe lamb. David said, who is that man? He got angry. All of a sudden, when well, he began to pronounce judgment, and when he pronounced judgment, the Lord said to the prophet, said, and the word of God cut. When the word of God cuts you, there's two things that you can do. You either run to the altar and pray, ask God to forgive you, or get mad and walk out. Two things you do. And so he said, the word of God is sharp and power, powerful than a two-edged sword. Read. And of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I want to talk about tomorrow just for a minute. When I had a hip replacement both sides, the doctor told me, he said, now, it's a foreign matter. If you ever go to the dentist, he said, make sure you take some pills with you. Take them. Because that, that factor in your leg will get infected and you will have to cut your leg off. So if you ever go to the doctor and they ever want to talk to you about something, remember the artificial part that you got in your body, the metal. First thing I do before I go to the dentist, make sure I take enough medicine in order to kick it. Because if it don't, it'll come out. He showed me the x-ray after he got the operating on me, after a few, few months of laying in bed, three months laying in bed. He said, I want to show you something. This iron that's in your leg, he said, I want you to look at the x-ray here with me. He said, the moral has come completely around it and accepted it. And he said, it's perfect. He showed me with a little graph. He said, your operation was perfect. But he said, make sure that it doesn't get infected. He said, the only way I get that, that, that iron out of you is take a knife and cut it out. It accepts it. Sometimes when we're walking with God after many years, we accept things that foreign objects and it disturbs that which is planted there. I remember saying before, and I've preached it before, God put holiness in this old body of mine, clear to the mire of the bone, which he's speaking about. Once you accept it and caress it and love it, there's going to be a devil come along going to make you mad one of these days. 
preacher didn't do this or preacher didn't do that or whatever happened. But I want you to start over again. I want you to read it again in the fourth chapter, 12 and 4, 4 and 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp. Sometimes it'll cut you before you know what's going on. See, this is what happened to David. This prayer was wrote way after Nathan the prophet talked to him. He spent seven days on his knees, weeping, laying on his belly, probably praying before God. But it still was not out as it needed to be. It was a problem there. The problem, the secret sin, go ahead. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It is a discerner of the things and the thoughts of the heart. It's that secret thing that nobody knows but me. But God knows. David was in a prayer meeting when he began to pray about in the 51st Psalm. God, wash me, cleanse me. Let's go deeper. He said, Brother, as you preach a lot about repentance, that's what it's all about. He said, Repent and be baptized every one in the name of Jesus Christ. The repentance is the first step toward God. You still got the old habits of man then you need to start over again in repentance. Everyone say praise the Lord. David become careless. It wasn't clean. He had to have an open confession before God to make sure that everything was right. Romans, the second chapter, verse number four. David was so easy to, to make judgment against the one with the ewe lamb. But then when it comes to himself, he asked the Lord for forgiveness. But the Lord did something to him, though. I want you to remember something. The sword will not depart from your house. It don't matter how much blood of God has covered the sin. There's still a, something that you're dragging upon your shoulders that you know and God ain't going to take away from there. And of all the sin that David did, and God forgive him, he called, Lord, thou son of David, even the name of him being transferred to the name of the Lord. And as much as he loved him, man, after God's own heart, but still it never left his home. The sword shall not depart from my house. Look at his family. Look at his boys. Look at Absalom. Look at Amon. Look at the boys that was born unto him. It didn't leave. So young person, that's the reason why you've got to make sure that you keep your soul clean. The world says, well, you got to have your fling. you got to do your thing. But it'll be there as long as you live. Can a man put fire into his bosom without being burnt? The Bible says no way. And so, 
What are you talking about, brother? What I'm talking about is like Nathan the prophet preached to him. It cut him. He spared his life. God spared his life. He wasn't going to take it, but he spared his life. But David went a step farther where a lot of people never do. Change me, O God. Do something to me. All right, read Romans. Second uh, chapter, verse number four. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The most beautiful thing that happened to David was that God spoke to him and cut him wide open. Open surgery. I remember when I went to the hip doctor, I said, Sir, thank you for what you've done. He said to me, he said, If you saw what I'd done to you, you wouldn't like me at all. I had your legs, both of your legs sawed off and put them back together. If you'd seen what happened, you wouldn't like it. And where God draws us to an old-fashioned mourner's bench, works on us, it don't look too good to a lot of people, but oh, what an operation he when he gets through. Read. But after they thy hardness and impotent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. He's a merciful God. And Paul wrote it so beautifully when he said what he said in Romans, the second chapter, verse number four. Spiritual washing is what we need. His sins were forgiveness, but he still was not pure. Angles of discontentment and of sin. He reserved that special place for David in order to clean him. Remission. The word remission means in the sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered again. But it's release of sin. You know, I've heard people say that just before they die, they it's like a re of all the things that you've done all of your life begin to come to pass it's hard for me to believe it for a while but when I was about 12 years old I went down the third time in drowning and the man jumped in and saved my, saved my soul from the water but when I was going down the third time I remember exactly what went on the night before, I was laying on the floor in the living room, 12-year-old boy, and I listened to my aunt and my mother talk about the most horrible way to die. Which would be the worst way to die? And one of them said, I think drowning would be the worst. And I thought, oh my Lord, here I am drowning. And just exactly what they said would be the worst death of all deaths. So it flashes back. So what I'm saying here tonight, I'm trying to bring to 
if you've got something covered, expose it to God, as he said in the 51st chapter of Psalm. Read the 51st chapter again, verse number 1. Have Is, mercy upon me, O God. Have mercy on not my fellow men, but me. I want it. I got to get it out. Read. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Blot it out. I don't know if you know what a blotter is or not, but the old timers knew what a blotter was, because you had an inkwell in, in the desk that the boys where I come from used to like take the girls' hair in front of them and dip it in the inkwell. Who's mean? Now they haven't set tax on all the seats and everything else. Just absolutely just honoring. But if you have a, a blotter, you, you write a write with ink on a piece of paper, and you take the blotter and you pick up the excess ink. Blot out the excess, oh God. Blot out, make me clean. You know, I've seen my wife wash clothes, and she said, we'll give this a double cleansing. We'll put on it, we'll do it two times to get it out, lure out. God, if you've got to do it 50 times, give me a determination that I love you all the days of my life. Blot out. David said, it's still bothering me. Even after he spent seven days of praying, he still was bothered. Blot out. Read. Wash me thoroughly from my Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. You got an old stinking spirit? I don't know how long you got to stay to get it out, but... I remember, I remember, all I can remember is my part of the life that I lived. I remember sitting in a Pentecostal church, dry-eyed. Preacher would preach. He'd preach on hell to heaven. Preach anything he wanted to preach. It never bothered me. Never shed a tear. Heard one man preached from, he said he had a vision from Pilate's Judgment Hall to the resurrection of the Lord. And everybody was weeping and crying, but it didn't affect me. Finally, I got to the place, I said, God, I'm the worst man that ever lived. Why did you ever fill me with the Holy Ghost? I can't cry. I don't feel sorry. What? Lord, let me die. And start fighting. If you're not going to break up my eyes where I can weep and sob before you, uh, ain't no good anyway. Just roll me up in front of the church and let me bury me. No good. I don't know what all I prayed tonight, but I remember when I went to the altar to pray. Nothing didn't matter no more. He took everything away. This is what David's saying. You rather hit that, I killed him. Tried to get him to go home with his wife. 
try to cover up sin. Try to cover up my sin. Lord, it's still in here. It's still in the heart. Do something. Change me. I hope I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. Repentance. Remission. That means the things that keep bothering me. Read. Wash me thoroughly from my Wash iniquity. Wash me thoroughly. Put a little bleach in there. Go ahead. And cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me from my sin. I don't, I, for one year he walked to the king's throne, sat on the throne with a dirty heart. A person does not backslide overnight. It don't happen just instantly. But it comes in a little bit at a time. And you know the worst part about it is that when this happens, you can't help them. You see a person failing by the clothes they wear, the actions they do, and all of it. But if you say anything to them, they get mad. They're not dead yet. How beautiful it is when the church becomes dead that you can that the preacher can preach and doesn't disturb you or make you mad or shake you in a way. David said, I want it. I want to be washed. I want to be cleansed. I want to be differently. Read. For I acknowledge my transgressions. I know what my problem is, God. Nathan the prophet then told me about it. I was miserable before that anyway. I acknowledge my problem. How beautiful it is when a person fully surrenders their will to God. Read. And my sin is ever before me. Oh, it walks behind me. It's there. I wake up in the morning. When I get when I start to pray, really get out of bed with God with prayer. There it is again. Bothers me. It's ever before me. But you're just too hard. I can't live it. I can't live it. How sad. How sad that you never did die. Somewhere along the road, somewhere somebody didn't die. Repentance is death. You know, a lot of people, and we're the world's worst, get them prayed a little bit and they want to be baptized. Want to baptize them, but they're not dead yet. Let them be dead first before they're baptized. That's what the problem is a lot of people, they never died. Breathe. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore the joy each to have. The happiness. The cleanliness that I used to have. Help me, Lord. This is what he, he lacked. Oh, he'd been forgiven. But down deep inside, there was still some traces of things that wasn't right. He wanted to clean up. He wanted to get rid of it. 
wash it out. There's a difference in going in the shower and running water on you and putting soap on you. But a lot of times you'll stink when you get out if you don't put soap on you. I want God to wash me from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I want Him to wash me, cleanse me, help me. That I can be in full repentance of God. This may not have been what you really wanted tonight, but God help us to live and repent. I repent every day. Ask God to take the little things that's not right, take it out. Wash me, cleanse me, help me. Wash me. I don't want something to offend me. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord together. God, we love you. Sin always takes you a little farther than what you really want to go. It really does. It's a taskmaster. You get some habits in your life and you can't break them. Man smoking cigarettes and it won't be long. You got to have another one. Got to have another one. Got to have another one. It's a taskmaster. Sin drives us. But when you got God, it washes us. Help us, O Lord, washes. Let's everyone say, Lord, washes. Forgive us, O God. Help us, O Lord. Wash away my secret sin. Draw me to that place. Want me to be. Let's just lift our hands and love the Lord together. Sister Mills, would you come? Cast me not, O blessed Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art falling, do not pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. Do not pass me by. Let's love the Lord together, would you?
In the Old Testament, it teaches that the people of God were slaves. When they begin to try to seek the Lord and do the things of God, their taskmaster asks them to, you get your own straw for the bricks. Always father. Sin always takes you a little farther than where you want to go. Pleasures always cease and doesn't stay with you. That's what sin does. You teach your children the hours of prayer. Ask God to help them, strengthen them. Because ever if they ever get in doubt in a sinful thing. I've listened to some of the news on the radio, but some of the lawyers and so forth. Yeah, I heard where one lawyer, one judge, okayed the fact that babies could be abortion to the place where they could sell the body parts of their body to help other children and so forth in other places in abortion. Some of the most things you ever heard in your life, habits that children have at nine years of age, eight years of age, how they get attached to it. Parents, you need to watch over your children, ask God to help them, strengthen them. Because there's a devil out there that wants to get a hold of them, make you miserable. Let's ask God to help us. Let's lift our hands and pray, everyone, would you? Let's stand. Oh, God of heaven, touch your people. Lay your hands upon them, God, we pray. Strengthen them, O oh Lord. Strengthen them, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. A lot of things that we don't know, it seems like the Lord keeps it from us. Remember Jeff talking about a man that used to go to abortion clinics and unstop the sewer. And he said he couldn't go to any more of them because he said he'd run his rod down the sewer and, and, and it went into the head of a small child to stop at the sewer and they pulled it out of the sewer line. You don't know how blessed you are to be in church. Really don't know. Didn't. God help us. Whatever's holding you back, man, lay it aside. Ditch it. Get rid of it. Walk away from it. I'd like for everyone to just come around the altar for a while and pray and ask God to help you. But anything that bothers you at all, destroy it tonight. Oh God, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord.